One big way is the very soul of humanity is at stake, and to be with a group of people that can say with all their heart that is well with my soul encourages me and it's exciting and makes a great morning of a good start here. You have a great opportunity here at uh, Grace Church Waldorf. You do. Uh, your You're a loving group. I've had a chance to work with you. I mean, worship with you and see that. You're a talented group. Uh, You see in the worship music. You you have a a very attractive facility. You have an excellent, excellent location. You have a fine history because, you know, when you're from St. Mary's County, you had to go out of here every day by this church. So you know it's been here. The history is rich. I see now that you're young. There's a great opportunity here for Grace Church Waldorf. And I'm, de- I'm delighted to be a part of it today and share with you and what's my ideas of these opportunities and how it will be marked. How you move forward will be marked by your generosity. Your generosity. So where we're going to go with today is how we're going to do that. Apostle Paul speaks of that. He speaks of that in 2 Corinthians. He talks about the great opportunity we have. Then he goes in to tell us, too, this opportunity we have for the gospel here in Charles County and throughout the world will be marked by our generosity. And then lastly, here's what we're going to really settle in on. It's going to be based on our confession, your confession, this great confession of who you say the Lord is, what he can do. Can he change lives? Can he transform lives? Can he bring hope to Charles County and the world? Can he make a difference in you? Can he redeem man? Can he save young people? Can he grow this church? Can his grace abound here? Can love be seen here? All of that is based on your confession of who God is. Does he have the power to move here? Does God have the power to make a difference here at Grace Waldorf? Now, we know, I know if it's left to me, not too much is going to shake out. Pastor Dennis is correct. I was, uh, I spent my, oh, this is year 43 in public recreation. Currently, I'm the director of St. Mary's County Recreation and Parks Department as well. Began there full-time in 1978. When I retired in 2011, I felt a call and I planted a small church in South St. Mary's County, kind of close to St. Mary's College. You know, we're in a school, an elementary school. COVID comes in. We're out of the school. We're transitioning. And right now, we're meeting on uh, Wednesday night about a restart. I've been worshiping with you for some time, and this made me available today. So I know I know what it means to move a church, and I know where I am there without the power of God. So we're going to talk about that confession today, and it's all centered on what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9. Now, let me, let me give you some context before we go to that scripture so you'll hang with me. You know the Apostle Paul. We find him in Acts 9, violent opposer of the gospel, correct? The Lord met him in Acts 9. This, uh, this man named Saul transferred to Paul, transformed his very life. He answered the call of the Lord, a radical change. So one of my quick questions and early questions, small questions to you, have any of you here experienced a radical change in your life through the Lord? Come on, you can put it up if you want. 
I know he turned me around some 30 years ago. I know he did. And I know what it means. It's going to require possibly, potentially, and some of you may not see it or foresee it, but it's going to require radical change in the church here at Grace and in America for us to get back running strong again. It is. The same radical change to get you turn around or me or anybody moving, it's going to require one more time. And we're going to do that. That's going to, that radical change is going to be impetus for our generosity and it's going to be based on our confession. So Paul now has changed. He's about the same age as Jesus. In Acts 18, about 45 years old, he goes on his second missionary journey and he's headed to Corinth. Starts a church there. Then about five years later, at the age of 50, he writes this second Corinthians. They're dealing with issues. And then Paul's like, and they're fussing with Paul. And he's, he's like, well, one way I'll know, one way I'll know for sure if your life's been transformed and changed by the gospel of Christ is by your generosity. So this is the same second Corinthians chapter nine that you'll see whether you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly, sparingly, whether you sow generously, you reap generously. It also speaks to what your verse is on the back there, that God loves a cheerful giver. This is all right there in generosity from Paul. So let's go to the scripture and see what he writes here. He tells them there in this letter, he says, this service, this giving that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Your generosity is an outward way of showing thanks. Because of the service by which you have proved yourself, he's encouraging them. He knows he has work to do, but he's steadily encouraging. Others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity and sharing with them and everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks, thanks, thanks for this indescribable gift. Look, we're going to get to them core truths here in a second. But see, your generosity, your generosity... Uh, overflowing in many expressions of thanksgiving. Others will praise God for you. In other words, you thank God through generosity. Others praise God and the unbelievers will come to God. You see how it works? You're generous. You're thanking God. Others will see your generosity. Those, those Jewish Churches in Jerusalem saw that the Gentile churches were willing to give. That changed their lives and how they now felt. Some of that friction, some of those things that were going on, they came together because of one another's generosity. Now, I'm not just going to be talking about money. Yes, not really today. No, yes, but we know God commands it. It's an opportunity for us. Community needs are met. And the church is strengthened. We know that. 
But here what I want to do before I talk about generosity, I want to talk about that confession because this is the driver. We, we serve a great God. And now, based on that, great generosity needs to flow out. Give you a little brief story. The Dead Sea and the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee, both of those have tributaries of water flowing in. Sea of Galilee is vibrant, fishing. Remember the nets and the fish? Vibrant. There's a tributary flowing out. The Dead Sea coming in. There's nothing going out. That water doesn't move. It's dead. The same for a church. The goodness of God coming in, that great confession coming in, that great generosity and movement our part going out. We all fall asleep and we're no longer the same. The church, I'm telling you, my 30 years as a lay person in church, my last 10 years as a pastor, the Lord turning me around. I know right now the church, based on what God, and we're going to talk about this, based on what God's done for us, still has the power in our heart and our hand to move and change things, change our neighborhoods, our homes, our families, our school places, our church. We have it all. Let's see how we have it all to these commitment core truths. See if you agree with me. Now, what I did is I said, now, this is a confession. This is yours. This is ours. Nobody's required this confession out of you or me. When we come to Christ, nobody coerced me. Nobody made me. The government didn't tell me. My mother didn't say you better. It was the power of the Holy Spirit of God transforming my life, just like yours. So this is on your website through the Caris Fellowship. So this is what you identify right here. One of them. There's about 10, but I'll be brief. The one true God. Creator God, the eternal creator God that spoke the world into existence, sovereign over everything. That's who we declare to be God. Am I right? Or did y'all want somebody else? The one true God spoke the world into existence, sovereign over everything, knows inside of your heart. Number two, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is it. The Son of God, fully God, fully man. Took on our sins, crucified, buried, resurrected on the third day according to Scripture so what? We could have a right relationship with this eternal God. In the Gospel of John, John wrote this on John 25, 21, the last verse in the Gospel of John. There's more to Jesus than I've written it, but if everything had to be written down, the world would not have enough room for all the books it'd be written in. That's the Gospel of John. He attested that to this great Jesus that we have. The Holy Spirit, you heard last week. The Holy Spirit is not a tag on. It's not. The Holy Spirit is as much God as the Father and the Son are. The Holy Spirit living inside of every believer convicts the, the world of things regarding sin and righteousness and empowers you. Are y'all still agreeing with these? Is this your confession? Come on now. The Bible, the inerrant, infallible word of God that reveals God in his fullness and humanity. That's another thing I liked about this church. I'm telling you, you have opportunity. Your Bible church. Did you know that? 
Oh, you didn't? Come on. <laughs> you're a Bible church. And look here. If you're not a Bible church, what? You're not a church. Well, the wrong one I said that. <laughs> Humanity. Through one man, Adam, sin came into the world. Therefore, we all sin. We were born separated from God. We need a Savior. It is well with my soul that that Savior found, saw fit to call me out, choose me, make me a child of his so that I, I could serve him through the local church. Salvation. For it is by grace that we have been saved. This is not of ourselves. This is gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. I think one of the biggest issues, one of the things of friends I have and people in the world is that for some reason we think if we do, we can save ourselves. But salvation is by grace through faith. There's nothing we can do. Somebody's in here now seeking out what you can do to get out from under this voice or do it some different way. But there's only one way to right relationship through God, and that's through the power of the cross and the risen Savior. The church, the bride of Christ, the body of believers, God's very best plan to continue to the gospel until he comes again. You, you are God's very best plan. Don't give it away. Don't give it away by the small things. Don't give it away by the, the, the things that don't matter. You are God's very best plan for the gospel. Hold on to it. Covet it. Grab it. Relish in it. Find passion in it. Find priority in it. You are God's very best opportunity for a lost world. Right here at Grace Waldorf. I want you to know that. You guys have it all. Now what are you going to do with it? Right? That's what the fellows would have told me. The Christian life. Let's sum it up simple. It's Christ-likeness. Now, you're going to have to ask yourself this Sunday when you go home, do I want to be more like Christ or want to stay like myself? I think you have the answer, but come on. Maybe have some work to do. Angels, Satan, and demons. Satan's for real. He's our deepest enemy. He's the enemy of God. He wants to destroy the believer and the Lord's church. Count on it. Count on it. And then lastly, the future life. Jesus in all of his salvific glory is coming again to reign with all those that believe for all eternity. There's two things happening in the world now. We're all going to live for eternity, but guess what? Some are going to live with God on his terms, and some are going to live separated with God on their terms. We have to choose. And when we know that God holds life and death in his hands. Do you all agree with that confession? Then who are we going to give more to than him? You have it all here at Grace Church, Waldorf. You're shortchanging yourself. Church is not a club. <laughs> and then here's some more. I have a couple more confessions, but not on this list. But here, here's a couple more. Don't we believe that God hears us and answers our prayers? Do y'all believe that? Do you believe that he heals? 
You believe that he can transform lives. Maybe that teenager of yours, that brother or sister, that family member, that somebody you never thought would be saved. Do you believe he has the power to transform lives? Do you think he can give second chances? Do you think he knows our heart? How great is our God? That's our confession. We've got to walk with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not telling you this as a, as a what's that word called? Oh, the speakers that speak to motivational speaker. Man, y'all didn't help me at all. <laughs> y'all didn't motivate me one bit. I'm struggling up here. A guest comes in your church, he's struggling. Eh. <laughs> okay, all right. All right, we'll work this out then. So here, let me show you another. <laughs> Better help me, Pastor Faye. Do you know when it comes to the gospel, when somebody hears the gospel, they're either going to be better or they're going to be worse? Did you know that? Gospels won't change you for the better. But when you harden your heart to the gospel, you're only heading up farther south. But here's, I want to read this confession and see if you agree with this about yourself before we get all full of ourselves here. Paul now has gone to Ephesus, and this is where he writes Corinthians from. And he says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of air, Satan, the spirit who is now in work of those who are disobedient. But here's where this gets me and why I use this verse. All of us, Paul included, all of us also, lived among them at one time, gratifying, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and satisfying its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we, we were deserving of wrath. But because of this great love for us, God is rich in mercy. We have it all, you have it all, but at one time you didn't. I want us to realize that this morning. Sometimes I think we as a church, we forget that. And then we become like a recreation and parks department. SOPs, guidelines, mission statements, vision statements, all those things. Not fully realizing that it is by the grace that God transformed a man and a woman, a young person that deserved wrath and stood them up and made something out of them and gave them eternal life. Is that our confession? Are you glad for it? See, I was a youth leader once, and I remember that the verse. As a matter of fact, we had it in the back of our shirts. As far as the east is from the west, he's removed our sins from us, and he remembers them no more. See, knowing that, will we find ourselves today in a season of opportunity or local church obligation? This is opportunity time. You see it. The writing's on the wall in America. And I don't want to say that in a governmental context, but just in a widespread, it isn't just here. 
Then I want to talk about generosity, but let me give you this. Generosity is doing more than what's expected of you. Let me give you, you know, I told you I retired in 2011, right? Did I already tell you that? 2017, I got a phone call. Why don't you come on? I messed up. I did. I said, I'll help you. (laughs) It's been five years. I see the spirit of volunteerism. I see people giving their time that it's hard to believe they would give that amount of time. Sports, trails, advocacy groups. I know it's in the well of human beings now, clearly. Through secular volunteerism and then church ministry. It isn't that it can't be done. And I'll leave that right there for you to think about. So can I go with you an example of what I mean about generosity? And in particular, again, I'm not going to money today because you know that. (laughs) If you've been in church at all, you know that. Time, we know that one too. Anybody that's been to church for 10 years has heard the statement, time, money, time, and talent. How many times have we heard that? Okay, so y'all didn't. My bad. I got, to, I got to pick up on the drum beat here. <laughs> so you know that. But you know what kind of church I want to belong to that's generous and what? I want, yeah, I want to belong to a church that's generous in grace. To live in love like Jesus and help others do the same. That's, what our, that's the church I want to belong to. Because that's our confession. We were lost, deserving wrath. We've been redeemed. We're saved. We have eternal life with God. And, and, we're, the, and we're God's best solution for hope for the world. So this will require generosity, maybe even radical change. I'm going to give you that example. Remember, I hope this isn't about me or our little you know, church there in a school cafeteria at a Title I school. I grew up in Lexington Park, Maryland. My father was in the Navy, so he got us here a long time ago. That's all I'm going to give you. That's all I'm going to give you. I know y'all wanted to know, but that's all I'm giving you. Don't ask Dennis. He doesn't know either. Been down at Pax River for a long time and in that area. My brothers and sisters all over the country, I stayed and, and then began with the department in 1978 and uh, came up here to Charles County playing ball, Mike Ole up against four and all that, played a lot of ball. And so growing there, you, I wanted to go back to the park when, when, and licensed through the Karis Fellowship. Dennis was good to me, Pastor Carl Snyder, all of those. I don't really know still how I'm standing here today. And... Wanted to go back to Lexington Park, a small Title I school, plus South County down there where the college is. And matter of fact, that's what, you know, we, all of our baptisms were right there in the St. Mary's River. The, what a glorious day. Because, you know, it was so new. We had on that shore of St. Mary's College over 100 people there and 17 were baptized at our first baptism on the St. Mary's River. A strong day. But, you know, still life moves on. You can't sit on that. So now our second year in, in 2013, we opened up a Good News Club. 
Y'all heard of that? Child Evangelism Fellowship? Good News Club? This is my Child Evangelism Fellowship. There's Southern Maryland Child um, CEF, Child Evangelism Fellowship. And it's for St. Mary's Charles in Calvert County. Uh, so in fall of 2013, about eight of us decided we were going to open up an after-school club there at that school. The first day we were in the music room, a small room, over 70 children. What? God, we thank you, but hmm. <laughs> K-, K through five? Hmm. The school was so, believe this or not, the school was so delighted, they gave us a bigger room and two other classrooms. Because they said a lot of times, groups come in and they don't stay. We want to help you to stay. So that relationship's been there. Now remember, this isn't a church, Christians having an after-school program. This is Christian curriculum in a school, starting out with prayer, word up, Jesus saves. They learn in the gospel gecko about the power of the gospel. The fourth and fifth graders, my small group, they began to understand clearly. They began to understand clearly what it means to be lost. And here's a statement how I gave to them so that they understood because just like adults, fourth and fifth graders, their mind was, their mind was like, Comparing, well, I'm not a bad sinner. Maybe my brother is. He needs to be saved, and he's, not, he's lost. So we talked about that, that we're born in sin. And I said, we're not sinners because we sin. It isn't based on that. We sin because we're sinners. We're tainted from the beginning. We're born separated from God. And man, them young people, the first time I told them that, they, they, they reeled back on me. Who do you think you're talking to? Weeks, they began to trust you. Young people, fourth and fifth graders, saved. Fourth and fifth graders, baptized. Families being at the church. Then I, because, you know, in the re, and the reason I brought the recreation industry up there in this story, because, you know, that puts me right in with the schools for all these years. So I asked a missionary for CEF, I said, how are you doing in getting into the schools? Can you use some help there? To get in all, because all of a sudden I was transformed about this. Because we ran it until, you know, March of what, 20? COVID came, we, we, we had to get out. And you know what the missionary told me? She said, Arthur, it's easier to get into schools than it is to get churches to go into schools. Did you hear it? Isn't that something? This great confession that we have knowing that the world is ripe, knowing that our children, they come in there with myth only of Jesus. Myth. Easier to go in. In all those years, we've opined about lack of prayer in the school, what's going on in the schools, God, through the Supreme Court, opened the opportunity that Christian could go in just like a Boy Scout troop, Little League, or anybody else in the schools and finding it harder for churches to go in. See, it's going to take generosity, church, with your time. I'm not, I'm not up here cultivating you to go to good news clubs, but that's, I want you to understand what's at stake here. 
If our generosity is going to match that great confession, we've got to move, don't we? Am I right or am I wrong? Come on. I like that amen because I wasn't feeling it otherwise. I know what amen means. Come on. Generosity that matches your confession. There might be some radical change. And everybody in here, you don't need to go to your pastor of what to do. They'll support you. The church may support you. But everybody in here that's ever organized a family reunion, a birthday party for their child can organize a ministry as long as you have some word of God in you and you're, and you're born again. You can do it. You can do it. That's the gospel of grace on the outside. It's going to require that. So we meet those needs in the community, figure out how to do it. But you know what? You got to have a church that has a gospel of grace inside. And let me ask you, can, Pastor, can I, can I ask straight up question? Amen. Come on. Hey, now it's his fault. <laughs> Look here. Look here. Why is it, whether it be in family, the church, work, where we're close together, why is that sometimes we're the most stingy with grace and forgiveness? Why is that? Yeah. And what's the song? The hurt and the healer. See, we have the healer on our side. And let me say, let me, I'm, I'm, can I skip off the street just for one second? If you have a family member. that you need to forgive or you need to ask for their forgiveness? Do it now. Do it today. Sometimes our level and lack of forgiveness is one of the reasons we're thwarted in ministry. We don't even like ourselves. We're, 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 we're reduced. We're minimized. But when the power of forgiveness is given... Or it's asked for, for, for the great confession of God. The initiator of grace comes out. God, yet he was rich, yet in his mercy made us alive with Christ. So what are we going to do with that? While we were yet sinners, God's demonstrated his generosity for us in this is that Christ died for that us. What are we going to do with that today? See, don't let the enemy of self-righteousness be something that could happen ever at Grace Church. Because that means you had something to do with your own salvation. And everybody in this room, I can tell by the way you're looking and back, you know better than that. You know it's only by the grace of God. So the same grace that was given me that was given you. You show to ever you have to, to match that confession for Christ's sake, for what's in your heart. The gospel of the world is here in Charles County and around the world. You can do that, you know. You can. Today you have to decide. Just like we call the world to make a decision for Christ, we have to call ourselves inside the church to make a decision if we're going to be profound, magnificent initiators of God's grace. We have to make a choice. Look here. That 
Sin nature is a, is a crippler. But Jesus gave you the power over that. So here's what I want to close with and tell you. Our generosity with grace, inside and outside, is our every bit of expression of thanks to God Almighty for what he's done for you. So let me ask you, how many are thankful for what God's done for them? Come on. Come on. That's an easy question. So then out of the abundance of that generosity and grace that was given you, I look forward to the great stories and the great reports, how it's coming out on the other side for the sake of Charles County and the church around the world. Are you with me? Hey, you have that indescribable gift. Forgive others that have hurt you along the way so that you can use it more. Make a difference right here and outside in the community. God will honor you for it. He'll bring more to you for it. And don't wait. Do it now. Do it today. Pray with me. Father God, you've given us much. It is indescribable for me, the transition. I can't pay it back. I'm broke when it comes to you. But Father, with the power of the Holy Spirit, that new heart that you've given every believer, rule in us and convict us today that radical change can come. We won't get hurt. It might, it might, it might, we might twinge, but we're going to come out great on the other side for your sake. Father, work new and fresh in this place. They have great opportunity here. It's easy to see, Lord, and I know you can see it. And I know your Holy Spirit's encouraging them. Thanks for all they have. Thanks for them having me here. But for the most, Father, thanks for the gospel of grace that saved me and gave me a fresh start. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen.